Holy crap. What a week. The Panda Game never fails to deliver. More importantly, Campbell Fair never fails to deliver. Uh, that's right. We'll get to it, but beyond midfield. And he stripes a game winner with the clock expiring. Um, we've seen it before from him. This is nothing new for Campbell Fair. But it's just so impressive every time it happens. All right. Let's start at the beginning. Toronto McMaster. Week six. Here we go. Okay. What I want to talk about with this one going in. We talked about Keegan Hall needing to not turn the ball over. We talked about Toronto. Who the hell is going to be the quarterback for the rest of this season? We've seen Kinsale Phillip have two short leashes. Scott Barnett come in. Is it time that Scott just gets the start and gets a chance to play? Well, we got answers to both questions. Scott did get to play. Uh, second quarter, nice 30-yarder to Nigel Good. Keegan Hall started the game. Pretty strong. A rushing touchdown in the first quarter, but then the turnover started. And it wasn't that Keegan Hall had three interceptions. And Sestanovich uh, had one. But it was the fact that two of Keegan Hall's interceptions went back for touchdowns. And Toronto added a blocked punt for a touchdown too. So 21 points of Toronto's 33 coming by way of the defense and special teams. And as Greg Marshall has been at the helm for this Toronto team with Bob Mullen on the defensive side as well, there have been two things really imperative with this team. Strong play on special teams and a turnover forcing defense, whether that or negative plays more importantly with sacks, or big plays. They may get gashed for some rush yards. They may get gashed for some pass yardage. But they're going to generate turnovers and swing momentum and give their offense field position. Or just say, you know what, offense? We don't we don't really need a whole lot of points today from you because we're going to outscore our opponents on our own. Uh, and with the offense, Scott did not have to do a whole lot. Adam Williams, 10 85. Scott had 8 for 55. Lucas Stoico, 7 for 41. Uh, they only completed six passes on the day, but when your defense has three touchdowns, you don't need to do a whole lot. So, with Toronto, win one in the books. They are now tied with McMaster. One and five, or one and four. Uh, Toronto, McMaster, one win as well on the season. McMaster, there's some overarching questions that I'm going to get into later this week with all Canadian uh, with regards to McMaster and their future plans. But this team looks to be reeling. Uh, the turnovers keep on coming, but the yardage is still there. The offense is still pushing the ball, just really hurting themselves each and every week. Uh, but the varsity blues pick up win number one this year. And that is good enough for them this week. All right. Next game. Queens, York. Jared Chisari, do I have to say anything else? It was 87-0 for the Queens Golden Gales. Listen to this stat line. 17 carries, 286 
yards. So that's an average of 17 a carry. Oh, wait, and he added five touchdowns. The Queens running backs altogether, eight freaking touchdowns. Eight on over 400 yards rushing. Uh, 462 to be precise. This team said, we are going to find our identity today. We have taken a loss at Windsor. We took a loss against Western. We need to get back to Golden Gale football, and that is running the ball, playing astounding defense, and really forcing teams into stuff they don't want to be in down big with us leaning on our offensive line to push the way. Defensively, Braden Jupe, Owen Webb each had two interceptions. Uh, this Queen's defense, they have been great all year. They have been keeping this team alive as we go. Uh, some different guys in and out of the lineup this week, but they're going to get healthy as they go into this playoff stretch. So for them, it's just about finding their identity, building to that moment. And when they get all of their guys back, it's going to be a show. Uh, Queens is not gone. Don't count them out just because they have the three losses to, quite frankly, the other top three teams in the league. Uh, for York, Melchus Alongo, we said that he was still the lifeline of the offense. Him and Owen Webb had done well together. Queen's defense obviously pre presents a huge job for the offensive line and a run game to get going. The Lunga, 11 for 15. Uh, offensively, they did not get much going. Queens, Jared Chizari, all over them in this one. All right. Waterloo, Guelph. Wow. This one turned. <laughs> Listen to this last quarter, okay? So it's 8 to 11 for the Guelph or for Waterloo. Cole Crossett adds a field goal. All of a sudden, Oh, wait, we have life. Marshall McCray, two touchdowns. Okay. Guelph has the lead. Waterloo responds, Anthony Miller, who had a day in himself. Uh, 229 yards offensively. If Jared Chazari didn't score five touchdowns, I this would have been our offensive player of the week pick. Uh, but Anthony Miller responds. Crossett adds a field goal with time at one second to give them the lead again. Ensuing kickoff, Guelph's trying to make something happen. Fumbled lateral, returned for a touchdown. Waterloo adds to the win. Uh, but for Waterloo, that last two minutes where they put up a touchdown, Cole Crossett gets home. That was a big statement for Waterloo. Now, they are really sitting in the driver's seat as we look at the standings for this season. Coming down the back stretch, Waterloo, two and three. Uh, they have to play Toronto, but if they beat Toronto in this one, they can really contend with Queens and Carlton for those final playoff spots. It's a three-way mashup, but if they knock off one or two of those games, uh, on their upcoming schedule, they can certainly make a run. For Guelph, uh, Abood, solid day, nine of 
17, 88 yards. He did have an interception. Uh, Marshall McCray, he's a threat all over the field. We know that, but this time he got the passing touchdown as well. Uh, Denavian Malloy continued to be a handful for teams to kind of limit. He had another 70-yard run again. Uh, but this one's all about Waterloo. The resiliency of this offense with Nick Orr, he did not have a stellar day. 30% completions, 100 yards, a pick. But when you're running the ball with Anthony Miller and Quinton Springer, like they have all year long, 300 yards between the two backs, it's going to be tough for teams to stop. And then you get threats like Basiliga over the top with a 68-yard catch as well. Uh, Cole Cross at three or four, two extra points of Rouge. He makes the difference in this one. And, of course, the final touchdown at the end. So let's move on. Western Windsor. This is the game I had said in my Thursday episode with All-Canadian. I'm expecting Western to play Western football here and see if Windsor can hang around. Well, Western did not play Western football offensively. Defensively, they did. Uh, special teams, the Giovanni Cunningham punt return touchdown. If you haven't seen it yet, I'm going to lay it in right now. It was phenomenal. It was the difference in the first half. It gave Windsor all the momentum. But for all the momentum they held, they could not break through that defense. Jackson Finley was everywhere. And I mean everywhere. A pick on the sidelines, a PBU from the slot, an interception over the middle, a sack, a, a bunch of tackles. He could not be stopped. And at the half, it was 10-8 for Windsor, even though they had this amazing punt return and had all of the momentum and were hemming in the offense. Western came out, scoreless third quarter, but you could tell they were starting to piece it together. Hillock started to move the ball. Uh, Keon Edwards averaged seven yards on the day. Some I saw some comments saying, well, he didn't go over 100. 80 yards plus his contributions in the passing game, puts him up over 100 yards. With Yazbek's contributions as well in the run game, they had a good day. But Evan Hillock was a story. When they loaded up and went against a top-flight defensive front like they did in the Queens Gales, now they get the same kind of team in Windsor. What happens? Evan Hillock takes command of the offense. 21 of 28, 250, a touchdown. Uh, he had a couple key scrambles as well to kind of move the chains or make it second and manageable for them. This team is built the same way they have been year in, year out. When you load the box, they have such dynamic playmakers in Mohsen, Jamal, Savon, Magne Jones, Seth Robertson, seemingly a touchdown or two every game this season. Uh, they are phenomenal. It is a team to watch out for. Windsor will get another shot, but... For Windsor, the run game has sputtered. The last couple weeks have been very difficult against Ottawa Queens Western. Three of the top rushing defenses in the country. But Laurier isn't going to be a slouch either. And if you want to get to where your goals are for the Lancers, that rushing attack needs to find a way to get going. Because when it's a one-man show with Danny Skelton, we saw the last couple weeks him kind of take command and have success, but two interceptions, both to Jackson Finley, 18 of 35. Uh, it's a much different Windsor offense when they are forced into that one dimension. All right. Final game, the Panda game. I can't believe that this one came down to the wire. Just kidding. It's a Panda game. It seems to always come down to the end. 
But Campbell Fair, uh, Josh Jansen, who took a big hit early on, came back in the game through two touchdown passes. Uh, he started the last two games for Ottawa. They have looked strong with him in command. He's completing a bit higher percentage than we saw with Lecandro uh, after the miracle injury. Still had two picks, but he gives them some balance and more importantly, gives room for Amaklar Polk to get going in the offense and in the ground game without teams teeing off on him and loading the box with eight, nine defenders. Uh, Melon Font, Gendron certainly can take advantage of man coverage, but they need accuracy from the pocket and they've gotten that in Jansen. But Campbell Fair, for a quiet day, <laughs> the 55 yarder, uh, I don't know if anyone has seen it, but some Carlton fans tried to run on the field. They thought, you know, NFL rules, clock hit zero, game's over. No, no. Clock hit zero, final play of the game. So they ran on. Campbell was almost ready to kick, had to come back. Uh, But for Fair, five years, five straight Panda game wins. A few walk-off field goals as well mixed in there. the Ottawa defense, though, this is what has to be brought up. They have been keeping this team in games, alive, even with the quarterback injuries, rotations, uh, new guys coming in and out. Is the run game going to go? Is the run game going to be stout, uh, stomped out? Tristan Lefebvre had a, has his lowest passing yardage. Uh, Alex Gale and Josh Ferguson had a good day running the ball, but they could not convert into touchdowns uh, after Kasim Ferdinand. Ronaldo's had a touchdown run in the fourth quarter to take the lead. But that was first drive to second last drive. There's a whole lot of uh, Ottawa GG's defense. And they kept this team in there for three quarters, uh, waiting and waiting and waiting for their opportunity to take advantage. And Listen to some of these tackles from the box. Max Charbonneau, leading tackler in the OUA, nine and a half again. Braden Kruji, uh, Napanee product, six and a half. Eric Cumberbatch, six from the half. This team flies to the football. It was a big group effort. Uh, they had to have everyone in for this one, and it paid off with Pedro staying with the Garnet and Gray. That's it for this week. We've got Thanksgiving coming up this weekend, so stay tuned. The games are mainly on that Friday night, and Saturday we've got one going from TD Place. So check your calendars. Check to see if your teams are playing at home. I will be teeing those ones up closer too, but stay tuned as we get going. All right, welcome into the outside the OUA portion of the Tuesday episode. Uh, Wow. So we'll start out, guess, with the AUS before we get to Canada West, because I know I opened my big mouth and I said that UBC was the dogs and they were going to run it and blah, blah, blah. I know what I said. All right. St. FX and Bishops, triple overtime. Pardon me. Uh, this was a bunch of field goals being traded in overtime. Five different possessions <laughs> from this one. But for St. FX, Bishop's defense and Bishop's, uh, I guess their offense as a whole, really tried to control this game and limit Fagnon. When you watch back, like Bishop's 
they ran the ball very well. They knew that Bussy was the fundamental part of the X-Men offense. And they said, okay, beat us other ways. They were letting Silas Fagnon take shots down the sidelines. They're letting him open up the rail shots. But they said, Malcolm Bussy is not beating us today. The bus stops here. Offensively, though, they really tried to run it themselves. I mean, Shalou, Brion, McGriskin got in a bit. Hosang had a few. Uh, but Quirion, uh, <laughs> he can sling it. And they kind of let him, the the two teams went back and forth, lots of penalties. Uh, it was a really good game, all in all. But for Bishops, felt like a game you had to have if you were going to make that push for the Loney Bowl. I know we're going to get the playoffs and you'll get another game at X. Uh, so we could get a third time that these two teams will face off. But having them come out to Lennoxville is a lot tougher than you going to Antigonish. And for the team that is trying to take someone off the top, it's easier to do it on your home field. I mean, we saw this and we are going to talk about it some more with the Canada West in UBC where last year, yeah, they beat Sask at their home stadium. But they had to go to Sask in the playoffs. It's a much different environment. It's tougher to go on the road and take out the champions in that final game. So for Bishops, that's one you really want to have back. Uh, triple overtime, a comeback win from X as they were kind of down, it seemed, the whole game just kind of waiting uh, to claw back, especially after the uh, the third touchdown by Burnett right before the first half expired. Uh, X's defense really turned it up, though. Four points allowed in the second half, just a field goal and a rouge. Uh, the offense got it going. And then it was just kind of pushing it from there. So that first half really was all in Bishop's hands. But they could not make it come to fruition in the long run. All right. Now to where I open my big mouth and where I have to walk it back. Absolutely not. I'm not walking this back in the slightest bit. We know Saskatchewan has a phenomenal defense. Uh, When I said... On last Tuesday, I guess, a week ago, that Anton Amadrid plays too much hero ball. They don't need it with this team. This is what they need. Yes, Garrett Rooker had two interceptions. I think that is the difference in this game. Uh, Two turnovers to Amadrid's none. I don't think Rooker makes those kind of mistakes again, but we'll see. For the Saskatchewan Huskies, this is... The kind of play that we saw for years with Mason Nias. 300 yards, couple touchdowns, no turnovers. They did not put the ball in harm's way. They did not give their defense a bad spot to begin with. They kept the ball. They kept the field position battle in their favors. Uh, There was some awesome, and I mean awesome, Kick return touchdowns. Riker Frank had one. Uh, Shamar McBean had a punt return touchdown as well. Really strong game from the special teams. Uh, Both defenses played very well. I know you're looking at it saying, well, it's 30 points for each squad. The defenses played well. 
three turnovers though, because the Kapler fumble as well, really killed UBC's hopes in this one. But this is where my reservations come with Saskatchewan. This is a rarity for Aminger to not throw an interception. It is a rarity for Garrett Rooker to have multiple turnovers. When it comes down to that playoff time and we have to see these two teams match up again because trust me, this is going to be the matchup for the Hardy Cup. I know Alberta's really pressing right now. They are pushing real hard and we'll talk a bit about their offense coming to life with Hetlinger. But it's when push comes to shove, which quarterbacks are we going to see? Are we going to see Anton Aminger, the hero ball, or are we going to see Anton Aminger, the dealer, who just has to get the ball to Daniel Perry, Rep Vavra, Daniel Weeb, Caleb Morin, uh, and let them go? Because Daniel Perry could not be stopped from anywhere on the field. Uh, four for 139 and two touchdowns. Or do we get the hero ball where he's pushing it and putting the ball in harm's way? I am really excited to see this again because this game was fantastic. Uh, for UBC, Jackson Cirolo Brown, 10 and a half tackles. <laughs> uh, Ryan Baker, another talented linebacker for them, seven tackles, a PBU and a TFL. Uh, just really solid football by two top teams. I can't wait to see this in the postseason. I am begging that this is a Hardy Cup matchup and not a semifinal matchup because we deserve every ounce of this that we can get. All right, RSEC, it is what it is. Uh, nothing that you expect to happen or didn't expect to happen. Montreal crushed Sherbrooke. Laval crushed uh, McGill. Same old, same old. If you haven't seen the hurdle from Jonathan Senecal, wow. I For a guy that stands in and rips the ball around the field, you don't associate that level of athleticism with him, but he got up for that hurdle. Uh, okay, I want to talk about Alberta quickly before uh, we get off here. Well, when you look at this offense and Eli Hetlinger and Matthew Peterson, because this is the guy that really gets them going. Each of the last three or four weeks, Matthew Peterson has crushed a huge, and I mean three-quarter plus length of the field rush, whether it goes in the end zone or not. That ignites this offense to a new height, a new point. Uh, Carter Kettle still raking in receptions. Rosary's going to be a gadget for them. But Matt Peterson and Eli Hetlinger controlling the pace of play, controlling the flow. Alberta put up 46 points while losing the time of possession battle by quite a lot. Uh this team can score in bunches and in a hurry. They get drives and they get rolling. Uh, Owen Sybin for Regina, two interceptions. Uh, that's going to kill you. This team, their big returns to Mac Bannatine, a 69-yard return. Romeo Nash, a 15-yard return. Uh, Alberta's going to be a pain. They're going to be that third team in Ken West this year. That if you catch them on a bad day or they catch you sleeping early, they can hit a knockout punch and really get going with Matthew Peterson. I like this Golden Bears team. They're rooted in all the right facets that successful U Sports programs are. Ground game. A good defensive line with a ton uh, 
of CFL talent. Uh, Quadwell Bohen leading the way there. A smart quarterback who can hit big throws but really knows how to control the pace of play. And a veteran coach that's been there, knows what it takes to get back, and has his team believing that they can go all the way. Uh, all right, I'm going to see you guys on Thursday. I've got some McMaster overarching program questions that I need to kind of vent and discuss and talk about. This is where I really wish Connor was back. Uh, we are counting down the weeks until Sergeant O'Neill, I call him Captain Connor, but he reminds me he's not a captain yet, uh, until he's back. But until then, we'll make do, as always, uh, get ready for Thanksgiving. Games early this week. If you're Can West, you have the week off. Uh, but lots of other great football being played around the country. Enjoy your week as it begins.